What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Bo, 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 bo. It is a wonderful Sunday morning. Yes. I think if I had to choose, I prefer morning podcasts. Uh. As opposed to the late night ones. The late night ones. Uh. Uh, or even early morning. Sometimes it goes beyond midnight and it's that's still morning. Uh. <laughs> that one is, uh, is the is the weed, the twilight zone. Uh, the twilight yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure like if I wanted to shout or something, right, at night it would be harder. Mm, mm, correct, correct. Actually, the reverse right. is for me, lah. I mean, generally during the day, I'm trying not my best not to wake up the baby. So mm. if he's if he's napping, so but at night he's kind of knocked out because of yeah, it's, it's night time and all, lah. Then you just l- let your hair down, uh. Yeah, I let my hair down, <laughs> or around naked in the house and all that. <laughs> yeah, no wonder you don't want to do video podcasts, uh. Just naked it's all the, the time. only time. It's the only time uh, I really like. I can just you know just let go and, and let just be go myself at home, you know. Because <laughs> uh. your wife also probably leaves you alone. She knows it's podcast recording. No, she also sleeps. Uh, off I mean, come the clothes, or she sleeps. You know, mothers mothers have need a lot of sleep. Uh. Oh, ooh, whoa! So fathers don't need, is it? Hmm? Fathers, fathers do less. Need a lot of sleep, fathers uh. generally, fathers generally ah, okay. do less. Nice at home. safe. <laughs> nice <laughs> safe. <That's my laughs> Almost point. dug a hole for yourself. No, no, that's my point. There's an inequal, <laughs> inequal uh, distribution of the workload between mothers and fathers. Mm. That's why. Okay, okay. I'm a feminist at heart. Well done. A feminist well at done. heart. Well <laughs> done. Anyway. But, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's actually quite a relevant context for the topic of today, <laughs> which has been a long time coming, a long time coming. Uh, but before that, the one weekly plug, yep. parents, would you like to do the honors? If this podcast has provide you more joy than any other clubhouse hangout that you've you've been invited to in the past <laughs> two weeks. Please just shout out to someone. Podcasts are still, there's not a thing yet in Singapore. So let's make it a thing before, before clubhouse becomes a thing. Huh? Like yeah. I think we, let, let's, podcast hasn't really had its time to shine just yet. And now clubhouse is coming and threatening to like overthrow everything. So let's make it a thing and, and so tell feel, someone about you f- it. You feel clubhouse has become a thing already? Yeah. Uh, on social media, yeah, definitely. I think a lot, a lot of people on my social media are posting screenshots of themselves in rooms with famous people, and that mm. apparently makes you like, you know, it it, it legit, ups your like, cloud. Makes you legit. Yeah, yeah. Makes you legit. Yeah. yeah, like you spend your time on social media learning. You know what I mean? I think, I think, like for me, like the tipping point was when friends who I know don't listen to podcasts are asking me about my thoughts on Clubhouse because they happen to find out that I do podcasts. But instead mm. of asking me about podcasts, they ask me about Clubhouse. So I know we have we have our own thoughts on Clubhouse also, but we as always we don't want to just talk about something without experiencing it. So we are actually thinking about doing a Yalabat Clubhouse. Maybe mm. like after we release one of the episodes in the near future, we might have a Clubhouse. Yeah. So but, actually, can somebody yeah. maybe somebody one of our listeners suggest to us what what kind of what would you like like if we were to do a Clubhouse thing? Like, should we do it right after we release a podcast or? 24 hours after we release a podcast or, you know, whatever, the end of the week, we fix a time and do a podcast. I mean, I do a even, clubhouse, clubhouse. Sorry. Or, and, and I guess it would be weird if we, while recording the podcast, do a clubhouse. It'd no, right? That would be weird, right? Weird, that kind of defeats yeah. the purpose. La. Yeah, correct. And people don't really have a chance to really formulate their thoughts and respond. Mm-mm. So that means it's like the, the normal comments in our subreddit, yes. uh, which... If you're listening for the first time, we do have an awesome subreddit with with uh, very healthy discussions that happen after yes. every episode. Uh, yes. It will be kind of like an audio version of that. Uh. So yeah, so maybe maybe first of all, whether people would want to listen to us on Clubhouse, uh, just and what you want us to talk about, and and then we can take it from there. Yeah, the only big thing about Clubhouse is that is is right now it's iPhone only, right? Oh yeah. So it is. That is true. It does discriminate that way. So um. Mm. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, everyone has the good fortune of, uh, potentially having access to both uh, platforms, like iOS and Android. If you yeah. have, that's great. Yeah, please, please also yeah. join in. Uh. So, speaking of conversations that yes. people want to listen to, yes, the first topic of today is the one thing that, I guess, the world has been talking about. Yes. Uh, and that we've wanted to be. Wanted to talk about it is the interview of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or ex Prince Harry with Oprah Winfrey, also known as Megxit. Megxit. Actually, that interview is not known as Megxit lah. That interview is about Megxit. Yeah yeah I mean that's what I mean lah. It's about Megxit. Or talking about Megxit in general. Today we are today we're talking about Megxit. Megxit. So for context, both Terence and I have watched the entire interview. 
Yes. Because right. I think it was very important for both of us to not just base it on snippets that you see on the YouTube trending page. Because mm. it's all over the fucking YouTube trending page. You like mean the snippets, itself, the snippets? The snippets. Yeah, the snippers yeah, yeah, on yeah, like right, CBS right. and all because because the context is it was it was produced by Oprah Winfrey's company and it mm. was commissioned by CBS mm. uh, But who, the who, Royals, the these two they were not paid for the interview yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised by that. Mm. Um, uh, CBS apparently paid a license fee of about seven to nine million for broadcasting rights. Mm. Uh, yeah. So so that's the context. They they did not get paid la. and and yeah, we watched the entire interview. We saw the unaired snippets mm. but I guess overall what what was your the, the chronology of your thoughts from the time you saw that the interview come out to the time when you watched or should we just go step by step because uh, there's so much I think I mean it's been about a week already la, since the interview aired right mm. um, so mm. uh, everyone has had a little bit of time to process uh, some people have lost their jobs even because of this uh, we will mm. get into that, but I think overall for everyone else, I guess it's a uh, from the from the outside looking in. It's just really like, um, it's it reminds me of the time when Diana, Princess mm. Diana, did her interview and and you know all the bombshells about how she, you know, about how she was uh, not faithful in her relationship and neither was Charles and stuff like that. Except back then, there was. I mean, the interview really was the interview. La. There was no social was media no, yeah, around yeah. it and all that. Uh, similar to like when the Michael Jackson was also being interviewed as well by the same guy who interviewed uh, Princess Diana. That was for 60 minutes or something, is it? I can't remember, but it was just this quite famous interviewer who was also criticized for, you know, being biased in certain ways as well la, for both interviews. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Then Panorama. Yeah, Panorama interview. That's his name? No. Uh, the show. Uh, yeah, Panorama I think his interview. name was Al Bashir or something like that, right? Uh, I am the, Googling it. You can carry on. Yeah, but... Oh, Martin Bashir. Martin Bashir, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The, the, I think this interview reminded me of that la, and that scale of like uh, interest and excitement about it. Mm. Um, and then subsequently, the coverage, uh, I guess, again, because of social media, we, we're, we're being fed so much of the re- reactions to it and everything. La. So even Singapore News... CNA Straits Times all covered reactions to it and uh, reactions from from the pundits in the UK as well. So it, mm. it really it really is it, quite a big event la, in the sense that yeah, I don't know if you do you watch the 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 royal the royal wedding as well when the two of them got married. I mean, the context for me like I didn't give a shit about a wedding. Yeah, and I yeah. just felt like wow, fuck. I'm I'm I had no interest in watching it. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe I watched a clip or two, but I'm like, mm, no interest, not not at all. Really? But I, for for me, it was like a sit down with uh with family and then open up a bottle of wine and just switch on the TV and just like just watch this watch the wedding like, and then see celebrities and all that like. Yeah, I know. I had a, a bunch of friends who were also obsessed with it. Like, yeah, I remember yeah. one friend of mine. I was having dinner with her and her boyfriend and me and my girlfriend, and she was watching it during the dinner. Oh, on the and phone. And she was pissed off that the dinner was, we organized it on the <laughs> night of the fucking wedding. La. Oh, that sounds exactly like the kind of things that, that you do. Eh? <laughs> people yeah, having... I didn't organize, people I didn't have, organize the... People the happily having again. wedding, then you go there and you're <laughs> bitching about the food or bitching about the ang pao you have to give and everything. You cannot just let people enjoy the wedding. Eh? That sounds exactly like you. Eh? Hey, like no, you know the plan, one wedding that you no. plan this one once a year gathering for everyone. <laughs> No, first of all, we planned it. It wasn't me who set the date. I think. Oh, okay. I okay. really don't think it was me. I'm not. I'm not a dinner planner. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Sure. So okay, maybe maybe just a brief background of the chronology, which was helpful for me as I unpack this. Was mm. they got married in 2018, yes. right? Uh, it was a huge. Apparently, two billion people watched it. Mm. Um. Then in by March 2020, Harry and Meghan stepped down as working members of the British royal family to move to North America. And I think they moved to Canada first. Mm, mm, and it was subject to a 12-month review period should they change their minds. Mm. By June 2020, they were they bought a home in California, yep. uh, which was in the same apparent super, super wealthy enclave as, uh, enclave as Winfrey, Oprah mm. Winfrey. Yep, yep. Then February 19th, 2021, Buckingham Palace confirmed that Mary, Harry and Meghan would not be returning as working members of the royal family mm. and that they would relinquish all their titles. Mm. That means they're no and longer then, called prince and princess, is it? 
Yeah, that the Duke would step down. Yeah, they are no longer. He's no longer the Captain General of the Royal Marines. Mm. Um, and they are no longer the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Mm. Um, and yeah, so then, then they had this uh interview with Oprah Winfrey apparently in January twenty twenty. So it was a long time ago. January twenty twenty, really? Yeah, you know, actually, no, there, there's no be, date. Yeah, no, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's not, but it wasn't. It wasn't that that recent also, lah, right? Mm. I think but, what they mentioned in the clip was that it was done before the announcement mm. that they would leave. Yeah. That they would uh leave the royal family. Mm. So and then apparently when they went to America first, like Tyler Perry, the media mogul, offered them a place of residence for three months because mm. they moved from Canada because their security was being cut. Uh okay. so then they moved to a location by Tyler Perry who provided security, then they bought their own house. Lah. I see, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so, the, so that was the context, yeah. Uh I see, I see. Interesting. But uh but also the, the I think more context also is that uh um Megan Markle uh I, I, at least in the past couple of years, like, over the time on the in British tabloids and all, they've been they've been apparently been jibes about her her race, like, right? Because she's biracial. Mm. She's mm. she has a white father and a, a black mother. And mm. um hasn't hasn't been I think she's written about, you know, growing up as a biracial person in the US and issues of identity and things like that. So uh, apparently the British tabloids have have uh yeah print, printed stuff field that, day, yeah mm. I mean I, I don't know exactly what was said or, or things that were offensive but uh, it's been it's been reported in the past about how she has been upset about the coverage of her like, in the British tabloids and um there's also the there's one big thing the other one th- big thing is also is that uh, even though they have been uh, stepping down as royals they're still they've basically still assured very good um very good prospects for the future because they also announced that they signed a multi-million dollar deal with Netflix to produce a bunch of uh, a bunch of TV shows I don't know what kind of TV mm. shows but that was mm. also announced somewhere in the interim when all this was happening la. so so mm. that, that's a general context of everything that we've been hearing about them in fact that's probably as much as you need to know la, right I yeah. think then then once you jump into the meat of the of the interview then that's you you probably understand most of it already la. Um, yeah. So what? What? So having just watched, come out fresh from the, the watching fresh, the interview, like literally right? fresh. Yeah. yeah. What is your verdict of of Megxit? I mean, I would say that initially, before the interview, when I was catching wind of some of the clips, I really felt like, ah, oh, you know, fuck this drama. I really don't like Megan Markle. Mm. Um, it just feels like the very stereotypical typical you know american coming into the system that has been uh ex- has existed for ages and disrupting the whole thing mm. uh and as an advocate for free speech and all that then i was like oh you know just but i must say after watching the interview my stance on that has lessened a mm. bit well, yeah. um i think what what changed it for me was when so the interview started between megan markle and oprah winfrey yep. um i would still say that i don't find her a likable person Okay. Um, but when Prince Harry came halfway mm. and he pointed out that his reason for taking the approach was he kind of saw what happened to his mother mm. um, and he kind of extrapolated that, oh shit, this is kind of going down the same path and now when he's older and able to do something, mm. he should. Mm. And then it dawned upon me, like, oh shit, yeah, actually his his mother... Um, of course there's all these rumors about whether she was murdered or whether it was really an accident but she and I remember growing up when there was less social media it felt like she also was going through a very tough time right? she was an outsider into the royal family and for him to see that then I felt like oh shit um, then it's a bit more logical like, like it made it it made it then I could understand why he did that maybe mm. but I would say the stance lessened but right now I would still say some of the things they were saying like when Megan Markle starts off the interview saying you know I had no idea what I was getting myself into I never Google uh, Harry I didn't know that meeting the Queen was such a big deal I'm like hey shut how the fuck is that possible yeah 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 no say so, say, the, say the initial word you want to say shut shut what no hey, I didn't say shut the fuck up <laughs> 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 it's okay, it's okay. Just say, just say. It's don't a safe try it. 
Don't it's try a safe and, space, safe space. Don't try and point point the okay lah. Okay, you know what? Now that you're saying, it wasn't my initial thought, but I'm ready to shut the fuck up when it comes to those things. Okay, those things and only those things. Mm. Because some of the other things she said, I guess I can kind of understand or feel a yeah. little more compassionate than I did at the start. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah. was my my general arc lah. Then we can dive into the details. But yeah. what what about you? Uh? Uh, I mean, I admit, I also came from a very similar place where uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic, people losing jobs, uh, and even just ourselves as as like TV show or, or movie, hopefully movie producers and everything, and directors mm. and all that, and, and actors and everything one day, right? We mm. hope to walk into Netflix and be, be offered a multi-million dollar deal to, to produce stuff. Yeah. And it's not like, you don't, I mean, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, you don't immediately, when you see them, you don't immediately think, wow, fucking, you know, Quentin Tarantino's in the making or anything like that, right? Mm, 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 mm. But pretty much, they just walked into Netflix and, you know, off the strength of their name and everything that they've enjoyed up to this moment, they, they were offered a multi-million dollar deal that, that secures mm. them for life, essentially. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it just, there's a lot of privilege going into this discussion, right? Whoa, you saying the word that you hate so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, That's a, a big lot. deal. But I think the okay. level the level of uh, privilege when you talk about Chinese privilege versus the Meghan Markle <laughs> royal family privilege <laughs> is very different levels of privilege. <laughs> uh. You see, it's uh. also the, the nuance of using that word. That's why I think you can use privilege when you talk about royal family, but when you use privilege about, you know, that the Chinese guy who's just sitting at the bus stop waiting for the same bus as you. That's where it gets a bit, <laughs> it gets a bit dicey. Uh. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, the, the, uh, so, and then, I mean, the interview is taking place in Oprah Winfrey's friend's home, which is like his own vineyard or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking nice, yeah. <laughs> Holy mean, shit. Like, I'm like, that's a house? <laughs> yeah, and then, then later, she also talks about, oh, you know, being stuck in the royal palace, I had no access to this and blah, blah, blah. I don't know whether I, I can't remember if she said her passports all that were taken from her. Or yeah, yeah, she did, she did, she did. Yeah, but you know, being stuck in the royal palace, such a shitty thing. And I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, you gotta like have a thought, spare a thought for the rest of the world, like you know, during this pandemic, mm. people being stuck at home with much more, much worse uh, conditions and problems. Uh. So, so mm. in that aspect, I found that uh, it was a bit in bad taste, uh, You know, mm. um. Uh, you compare it to something like Diana's interview and all that. I don't think because Diana's interview, she wasn't complaining about. Um, I mean, for her, it seemed like it really was just much, much more about the the infidelity in the relationship, lah. Right, and mm-hmm. that's that's a real a real negative, lah. Whether it's she did it or he did it or what, that's a real negative, lah. But for Megan Markle to 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 yeah, to say that the place that she was in, she was trapped and everything. And then literally saying it while sitting in this like beautiful home, <laughs> like down the street from Oprah Winfrey's house and Tyler Perry's house and all that. It's just the optics of it is just terrible, la. Um Yeah. And then like you said, we but but you cannot uh, discount everything that she says because of that, lah. Don't discount everything someone says because of their so called privilege or what, lah. Right? Yeah. Because there there are real experiences of of uh probably racism and and. And uh, also, like of um, I mean, she had suicidal thoughts. She said because of her role mm. and all these things. So, so let's not discount that because yeah, like we there's always you look at someone's outer facade, like Robin Williams or something like that, and they could always be suffering yeah. in, inside, you know, for various reasons. Yeah. and you don't yeah, know why, yeah. and you don't you shouldn't purport to speak for them why. Uh, yeah. So, so that's where I feel okay, lah. She she raised certain things and and I thought oh, okay, then that means Harry actually in some sense is a very good husband, lah. You know, he sees mm. a situation that his wife is suffering and he, you know, he takes active steps to get away from that situation, even if it means uh, getting away from his, his family and the system that they've grown up with and everything. Oh. So, yeah. so in that sense, in that sense, I was like, I guess my stance also like like you, like that also softened slightly. That, that mm. you, you do see that there's more to it than just uh, someone who like, you know, married to the royal family for the privilege and all this kind of thing also like. Yeah, I sense a big butt coming. Is there a big butt? No, no, no. But I wanted to ask you, the butt was, but I wanted to ask you, so so actually, I mean, Meghan Markle is one thing, but but for Harry's side of things, right? Like, what what do you think about Harry, you know, really critiquing the whole royal family system? Nah? And it is interesting because you also, you and I also, we both love to watch The Crown, right? And mm. we've seen mm. like the, I mean, it's the supposed inner workings of the royal family and and supposed, and yeah, uh, supposed, yeah, yeah. supposed uh, alleged lah. Uh, so 
yeah, what what do you think? Did that square what you know about the royal family and and what do you think of what he said, lah? Mm. I mean, the full disclaimer. I've, I'm only halfway through the first season of the Crown, so I'm maybe one eighth of an of as an expert of the the inner workings of the royal family as you, lah. Mm. Yeah. Yep, yep. So you're not you're not a scholar. You're not a scholar that, that I am you are. Netflix scholar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, you should give your before your net, next TED talk on the royals and all. I'm glad we yeah. can have this podcast, lah. Correct, correct. Um, but I think so. That's where like it, it's it's very easy to shit on them. Like okay, that okay, yeah. That's their life of privilege. You're a fucking prince. You know, like, you're a fucking prince, and like you know, everybody. I think at some point imagines themselves as you know world famous. You can go around. You're known everywhere. You live in a fucking palace and all that. Mm. But I was just thinking, like for him, he first of all he didn't choose to become a prince. Correct, like for yep. Meghan Markle, why I find it annoying uh, for certain things she said is like, okay, you know, I had no idea what I was marrying my marrying into. I'm like, hello, mm. don't yeah. that's that's the stereotypical American. You know, yeah. like oh, you know, you don't de- do it this way? You mean you come to... Because I remember last time when my when I when it was the first year of uni, one of my housemates, when I said, yo, bro, uh, do you mind if we take off our shoes before we enter our, the house? Yeah. Like, Dude, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I'm like, hello! There's like fucking two billion people in Asia who likely do that. And you just said that's the dumbest idea. I'm like, yo, get fuck un- uh, out of your... your, your how do you, how do you resolve that? How do you resolve that? Um, I mean... I still took off my shoes because I found it so so stupid. Like some of my housemates, literally when they wake up in the morning, they'll yeah. put on their shoes and they won't take it off until night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, correct. And like, I'm like, how is that possible? So I, like, I would rather walk barefoot in a room that other people are walking with shoes than wear my shoes the whole day. Mm. So that wasn't really resolved. Oh, and I see, I see. Uh, yeah, he wasn't the nicest roommate. But my other roommate became one of my best friends. Got it, got it, but, got it. Uh, but I digress. So, yeah. Uh, when it comes to Harry, he didn't choose to be a royal and like the life he has led, mm. like I mean at some point he said he was trapped and like as much as like, okay, there are varying levels of being trapped right now in the world. Mm. For him, like he really, I mean, he really was kind of trapped. You know, mm. like if you're in a shitty job, you got a shitty boss, you can mm. kind of quit lah. But for him, sounds like, okay, like what, what could he do? And like just from watching The Crown, which of course there's a large part of stuff that probably is fictionalized and all, mm. you can imagine that here's a monarch that has been around for what, 1,200 years? 1,200 yeah. years, right? Yeah. So then it, so I guess for him entering the interview, that was a turning point for me. Like before mm. then, it was like, oh, this person comes in, there's two Americans talking about a monarch that, how much do they even know? Okay, Meghan Markle has been inside, of course, but I don't know. It just felt like, yeah, like what you said, the optics. Like. Mm. But yeah. but I mean, what I wanted to ask you is your thoughts on that first. But second of all, you know, like a big part of Harry's motivation was his kid, la, Archie, right? Yep, and yep. given that you are a new father, right? Do you yeah. also feel the same sense that you will do fucking anything for the well-being of your child? La? Mm, but yeah, so I guess those are all related in, in some sense. Because like, although Harry says that he's trapped, right? Uh, the part that, that he lost me a little bit was when they asked him, but also what about your dad or your brother? What would they, how would they respond to what you're saying? Like? And then then he merely says, oh, they don't know, they, they are so trapped. They just don't know it yet. So so that was the part I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, I think you're jumping the shark bit here in the sense that you are sp- trying to speak for other what others are feeling or thinking already, like, you know? And, mm. and, and it's just very different. Like. People have different propensities for tolerating things or even different pers- you know like like there have been studies on on, on genetic dispositions for, for being conservative like, and, and people can be born different and have, have different risk profiles different uh, feelings about about change and things like that like, you know and, and it's just an inbuilt thing and, and to assume that um, his brother and his dad are just blind blinded uh, blinded by the system and don't know what they're doing and all that I thought was a bit um uh, generalizing there lah. you know his own experience mm. he shouldn't generalize his own experience to everyone else maybe everyone else actually like they really do feel that that the that that the, the sense of duty to what they're doing is far more important than how they feel about certain things lah. which also comes back to to a lot of discussions about you know freedom of speech and democracy versus you know a system in Singapore where it's more about the collective uh, the collective uh, 
what the collective wants. Collective good, yeah, the collective, collective good, good correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, it's self yeah. versus society and things like that, lah, right? So, in some ways, I see it in this, in this Harry, although he comes out as a very good husband to me, uh, in the sense that he supports his wife and in, in her thing. Um, but I, I also feel at certain points like, hey, this guy, like, does he, he, he says that his his brother and his dad are trapped. Are like, but is he himself? Is he trapped or not? Right, you know anyone? Mm. Charles and 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 William could just as easy say he's trapped in this toxic. Megan, uh. yeah, exactly <laughs> in this toxic relationship that gaslighting him and making him rethink his through his own history and heritage and everything like, Right, yeah, yeah. he just could easily go both ways. Right? So in a sense, I was like, because he's really giving out a lot. Like, I mean, he spent a lot of time in the military. And uh, yeah. I, I don't want to discount that. He went to West Point, right? He went yeah, to West Point, right? Yeah, he was a pilot, a helicopter pilot and all, you see. So, yeah. and he served time in, in, in Afghanistan and all that as well, right? So, even mm. if it's like tra- just basic transport missions and all that, but the point is he still laid his, his life out there for in service for the country. And and for that, you know, he's, he I'm sure he made a lot of contacts and friends over the years in the military and then had a, you know, honorary position in the mid, like overseeing the British military and everything as well. So to, to lose all that probably is a huge blow. Like, you know, all these ex-army people, they, they love their, their their community and the brotherhood and all that, like, right? Mm. So so he's sacrificing uh, quite a lot also. Like. And, and and I just I just question, like, you know, the the moment he said, yeah, he just said that they are trapped and he's not trapped, that he's free and everything and it's so free. And that's why I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's for you to say in your mind, like, but... Doesn't mean you need to disparage what others are are going through or or, or what others think, like, right? Mm-hmm. So, so so the, the in that sense, I felt like mm, there was a lot of uh, attacks on the on the on the monarchy that are uh basically their own personal feelings about the monarchy and not not necessarily reflective of what it really is, mm. So I would say I would say yeah, my my stance on the stuff they were saying softened. But what I find myself more pissed off at is Oprah and her the way the interview was done. Why? Oh, yeah. Because the thing is, like, first of all, it is you know, like if like yeah, any anyone would know that a tell all with Harry and Meghan would fucking get the clicks like crazy, like, right? Yeah. And I can't help but think that okay, this was a very it was a great production for any production company to have because fucking you were propelled into the limelight. I mean, Oprah over the years, she's not as as maybe like at the at the f- f- front of people's mainstream consciousness consciousness mm-hmm. as she was maybe years ago la, mm-hmm. right this one ultimately like brought her back to the front uh the the front view or the the mainstream la. but yeah. i feel like if you're going to do this sort of interview where there's going to be a lot of he says she says mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and there was something that Piers Morgan for all the ridiculous stuff he says over uh, public he did yeah. say one thing that also which I think makes sense. Like he said, you know, there was that one comment about someone in the institution who asked them about the race of the, yeah. the color of the child, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And neither Megan nor Harry wanted to identify someone. Mm. And by not doing that, you are potentially character assassination, assassinating the whole group. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And I think those sort of things, Oprah needs to, would have been good if she pressed them. Mm. And like everything they said about the monarchy and all, granted, okay, they had uh, mental health issues and all, which we don't want to trivialize. Mm. But if you want to do that, then I feel Oprah and a production company needs to at least, I don't know, try, I don't know whether they publicly said anywhere they tried to get someone from the monarchy to come on and maybe they rejected. Mm. But then to me, I'm like, okay, then you're trying to get every angle and if the people choose not to come on, that's their choice. Mm. But right now, it just felt like fucking the way... The way they include stuff also, when I think at the end, Meghan Markle said something about, oh, you know, she just happened to rewatch The Mermaid again, The Little mm. Mermaid. And there was this one scene where, you know, Ariel, uh, I mean, the story Ariel marries a prince. She, uh, at the expense, she had to lose her voice. Like, and now mm. she feels like she got her voice back. I'm like, ugh, you know, cut with that. <laughs> Fucking just, oh, you know, I'm a princess. And yeah. Yeah. So, maybe maybe so she got, just, maybe Disney Plus... Maybe Disney Plus had a <laughs> deal with them. She, Can you she wanted our, to just <laughs> throw the Disney carrot out there. <laughs> hey, Disney, I just watched one of your shows. So yeah. I guess that, that that is the reason why her issues are all, they, 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 I mean, like you can't, you can't trivialize them. If someone is having suicidal thoughts, it's a problem. But her likability, right? Mm. To me, it's like you can say the same thing without just being so like polarizing. Or yeah. I don't know. Like, granted, she's been through a lot. We'll never know what she's been through. But I just felt, 
I'm more. I came off more pissed off at Oprah and the way the interview was done than the couple. Yeah, yeah and I think uh, when we were talking to MJ from Biogirl MJ that day, and then she was asking, "Why actually, if you already know what you feel about the interview and you can read about it, why, why, why watch? Why must you watch it, lah? Right? Uh, oh, you can watch the snippets online. Yeah, right? there's so snippets. many snippets online. But but to me, um, over time as I get older in life, I realize uh, a lot of times when I when I hear what someone else is recounting about what someone said. I feel a lot is lost in translation. A lot of nuances and all these are lost in translation. So I do want to hear the way a person is saying it, the context in which they're saying it, and and, and really observe for myself, like, is that really the case? Like, as opposed to just reading off a, a media headline or something like that. Like. Can, can you say what you said when that day? Like You want to, well, want to look into their eyes, right? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I, what I said is that you get older in life, generally you, you, you realize that you... you you want to hear direct from the horse's mouth. Like you want to look the person in the eyes, whether it's an interview or what. And really, when, when the question is being asked and just watch their behavior and and then from there, you can actually assess a lot. So I was also watching a lot mm. of the body language and one of the things I identified was like when Megan Markle, like at certain points when she's like about to talk about, about to talk about Kate, her sister-in-law and everything, there's this like very fluttering of the eyes and all that that, ah, that, that seems to be like, you know, you know, in body language, I think the, the very primal the very basic like body language kind of uh, the experts, eye they the, say that the uh, uh, because the eyes are the so-called windows in your soul, right? So when uh, you're about to say something that is, isn't entirely true or a bit of an exaggeration or something, they say generally you will do something to try and cover up a little bit of your eyes, like whether look away or, or blink a bit more or or make your eyes smaller or bring your hand up to your face or something. So, mm. so so they say look out for these cues for to see whether people are lying or and and, mm. and the way she fluttered her eye, eyes, I was like, yes, that's it, that's it. She's lying, you know. That's what I thought. Um, <laughs> but but then later, I I talked to someone who actually watched watched uh, Megan Markle in the in the TV show Suits when she was an actress, mm. Mm. And, and she said that actually that's ex- exactly how her character reacts to like uh reacts on camera lah, uh, you know, to do certain things. Then I think then then that made me think. Oh, then that means it's a totally a rehearsed thing already lah. You know, it's like she knows that that's. People respond to that, they're fluttering on the eyebrows or something. Uh, front I mean, that's a bit eyes. of a, that's a big, big speculation. It is, la, it, right? is it is, it is, it is. Uh, this yeah. is, enti- yeah, everything I say is entirely speculation, but I just yeah. try to explain why, you know, if you are listening to this and you feel like, hey, what was this bullshit? Like, we already knew everything you're saying, but why I, we still felt it's important to actually watch the thing and, and make an assessment for yourself about it, la, right? Yeah, because no, they, I think they came across as they came across uh, by by Oprah Winfrey. They came across as very sympathetic figures, you know, who were subject to a lot of racism and abuse and all that. But, um, but but when when I watch it as a third party and not as Oprah Winfrey, like when I watch it, I I do feel, whoa, it's uh, yeah, especially Meghan Markle like, like her stuff. I I wasn't hundred percent convinced, like, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the, what what like uh. What makes it like so? When I say soften, it softened a bit. I would still say like I felt the interview. These kind of interviews, like I hope something good comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still feel like fuck, man. Like it. I think what 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 I don't like is interviews like this yeah. in the age of you know podcasting and like yeah. uh, conversations that are sincere. This is clearly edited. Yeah, yeah, you know they edited, release yeah. some fr- uh, extra footage mm. uh, the next few days which is like what people do for a movie like, you know you yeah. have a movie then you have all these trailers and this yeah, yeah, yeah. unseen footage the director's got yeah. I'm like fuck this kind of interview you need to have it be unedited like, which is why if Megan Marker wants to go on Joe Rogan I would fucking I would pay for that shit you oh, come know, on Yalabat 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 okay Yalabat yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, and if she comes on, if she comes yeah. on, we will do everything we can to reach out to Kate Middleton, Prince William, Prince Charles. Just like, you know, we spoke a lot about the uh, sexual harassment uh, against Viswa, Sadasivan, and, and we yeah. brought on Aware. We say, but we also reached out to Mr. Viswa. Mm. It's just he rejected coming on board. Mm-hmm. But I think it is the duty of every journalist or every person who wants to explore a potentially polarizing or controversial topic to make sure you reach out to the people involved so that you can be objective. La. And this mm. one I just watched, I'm like, fuck, la. It's, it's edited. Yeah. You don't know what the fuck happened. You don't know the how, where the conversation went naturally. Yeah, and yeah. it just feels like, ugh. You know, yeah. you said, you said um, you hope that something good comes out of, of this whole interview, right? You know what? Mm. You know what? There's something awesome that's going to come out of this. What? The Crown Season 6. 
Is it confirmed? Because no, I, apparently sure there's some talk that they are trying to not have it extend I'm, to that extent. I'm sure it will. Right? This is such fodder That'll for be the crowd. Like. great, man. And then like, that's the whole, how how this whole interview came together. I mean, you know, although it just seems like interview, but like, I'm sure a lot of, you know, a lot of things had to happen for this interview to happen. Like, you know, like, that, that, that uh, apparently they, they had to inform the royal family that this was going to happen and, and mm. like for various, and then you know, like Harry said that he doesn't talk to his dad anymore, and and the grandmother cancelled a meeting with them after they made the decision. You know, there's, there's still a lot of inner workings that I think would be quite dramatic, lah. Um, yeah. As the crown, as as shown by the crown, because you know you rarely hear what the queen's opinion is, but in the crown, they they explain. I mean, at least it tries to explain how not having an opinion or not siding or not publicly siding or something sometimes is an opinion in itself as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah. but then the thing is like, I know there was some speculation that they don't want the crown to extend, but then they just signed a deal with Netflix. Then suddenly they fucking lead the writer's room for season <laughs> six. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no, wow, but imagine that Oprah the, will be like, you know what, we can help produce and all like, yeah. fucks. Yeah. No, imagine the, re- the amount of interesting anecdotes that will come out from Harry's sides, yeah. That might be even crazier yeah, man. than crazier than the what the writers already know, right? Because now the later season is up to which point, ah? Uh? uh, I mean the Diana and Charles uh, oh, relationship, uh. Uh? Yeah, basically. So we're like the Whoa. the early ni- late eighties, early nineties, already, uh, that period. So probably the Crown writers are like, oh yeah, yeah. we got shit. Because you know, for we, next for sure, yeah. next season is gonna be about. Diana's death uh, and how the family and the, was dealing with and it. And there's all. no way Netflix would cancel the season now, uh, right? No, no, you can't, you can't. <laughs> there's you can't. no way. You there's cannot. way too much interest right now, yeah. Probably the writers can go to Netflix like, yo, you know, can you just triple our salary? <laughs> oh, you don't want, is it? Okay, Disney Plus? Hey, Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but I mean, the... Oh, love it. I mean, so, I, I know, I know uh, we're talking about this and it seems like a very distant thing, but... Um, in some ways, it, it reminds me of something that happened in Singapore not too long ago. So la. I think I know what you're talking about because that occurred to me just now. Though. Yeah, remember when when the one of the biggest YouTube channels in Singapore, Night Owl Cinematics, the two founders. Oh, then mine is different. Mine oh, is different. Ryan, go on, go on. <laughs> Ryan and <laughs> Sylvia. I mean, they mm. when they also had a very public uh, divorce la, and then and then they came out and then made a video about it and all that, and a lot of the. A lot of the there was some criticism about it, like oh, if you really wanted to privacy and you blame, you know, the the pressure and everything, and for your divorce and you want privacy, but why you're still milking it by making this video and stuff like that, lah. So so mm. so those are some of the similar thoughts that people are having about this, law In the sense, like oh, if you're really if like going if the media was such a big part of your 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 unhappiness within the family and all, right? Then why are you doing this whole media circus again lah, right? No, but at the same, what do you think about that? I mean, at the same time, let's say if the media, if because right now there's a lot of he says, she says, right? But the media, yeah, I mean, if you just Google, you can see the actual articles that were written uh, about Meghan Markle. And I mean, I wouldn't say, I'm not condoning the monarch, but I, it's not hard to believe that, okay, there's a certain element of discrimination and like, mm. uh, and there lah. So that, like to me, the fact that the monarch still exists it already blows my mind, right? In yeah. 2021. Yeah, yeah. But I think for them, if they were kind of getting misrepresented, if they were being character assassinated by the tabloid, mm. I actually don't hold it against them for doing this interview. Mm-mm. Because, I mean, they did say that, uh, they did say at the start that they're not getting paid. Of course, you can argue that just by virtue of appearing on this, mm. you know people are going to be knocking on your fucking doors, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would, I think they have the right to share, mm. and that's where I feel like the responsibility lies with the people who produced this, who created this, and and I think there's a lot more behind the scenes. Maybe even with Megan and Harry to I don't know, like try and and make sh- like uh, like just to make sure that it's not just a one-sided thing where you get all these buzzwords being thrown about, mm. Um, so that's why yeah, I mean, for them to share their thoughts. Like uh, even for the Ryan Sylvia, and all, I think it's one of those things that you never know what people are going through, and maybe mm. it's just about clearing up the the truth. Yeah, and it's almost like a closure kind of thing, like right? Because for example, mm. like with that one thing <laughs> that uh, is a very different thing, but there's also something going on 
uh, with us and a big company that we can't talk about yet because mm. the process is still ongoing, mm. right? Um, and when that closes, part of me will be like, you know what, just making a video or a podcast to explain that whole process yeah. in some way would let our side be heard. Mm. Uh, closure, closure. And that would be... Yeah, closure. La. And like yeah. just letting people know that, okay, you hear all this from one side, you hear this corporate BS and all this shit, but there's also the side that we just want to put out there in case anybody's interested. Yeah. Of course, this one yeah. is a totally different thing because the whole world, you can always predict the whole world is going to lap it up. But yeah, I, I find it quite hard to say anything against them for mm. sharing their story. La. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, la, I'm, just, I'm just pointing out like, um, like you say, I, and I think... They also it's also not a it's also a bit of a false equivalence like I mean Ryan Sylvia are not Harry and Megan like, right from by any measure mm. so so the yeah. kind the, the, the kind of uh, exposure they're making you know, one yeah. yeah doing one YouTube video versus like appearing Oprah is very different like. but Megan Marco brings up uh, she she did bring up something quite interesting that I thought was like uh, worth talking about like you know the idea of like how um, that even a public uh, figure is entitled to some level of privacy and, and things like that. La. So, mm. you know, at, at those levels, at those levels with uh, the, the kind of paparazzi that follow them and camp outside the house, apparently, like, even when her, you know, she she talked about the issue of her dad and everything, right? Like, apparently, the, the paparazzi even rented the, the flat opposite her dad to, you know, to mm. court him with gifts and, and chocolate until he acquiesced and, and, and actually agreed to work with them, la, you know? So, yeah, so that's yeah. the level where you feel like it's it goes even beyond just like taking photos or, or interviews and it just goes into like literally changing your family's dynamics and behavior using using money and things like that also right so okay i give i give one tiny example is that i think two years ago when you know we were still making videos and when my ego was being stroked by people recognizing me being in public you know mm. there was this one time there was yeah. one time when I was going to meet my friends at Serangoon Gardens uh. for supper. La. Yeah. And there was one kid on the bus who came up to me and like, oh, you know, can take a selfie and all. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, man, you know, I'm famous and all the shit. So I took a selfie. But when I got off the bus, he got off the bus. Yeah. And then when I went to eat supper, he just <laughs> went there and he stood at like at a table and just stared. Yeah. And even that little thing, right, I felt like, yo. Um, then I had to go tell him, I was like, dude, uh, do you mind if I just... You know, I just have a have, uh, coffee with my friends and all that. You yeah. might just... Then in the end, after that, you know, like, he left. But part of me was like, oh shit, this was just one skid, mm. one experience. And already I was like, hey, you know, just give me some privacy, man. And you then, probably like, posted that you're a fucking asshole diva. Probably, well. probably, <laughs> like, probably, yeah, correct, yeah, correct. <laughs> but that tiny thing already, I felt like, yo, just, can, can I get, can I just, you know, just, can you just excuse me? But for the royal couple, royal couple right, they're probably what, getting like insane, like, unbelievable amounts that very few people would ever be able to understand. Like. That, that's yeah. why the one thing that came across my mind when this was happened was like <laughs> when Beckham, you know, left left the, the monarch that is Manchester United. Like. Oh, you know, okay, when Victoria okay. Spice, yep, yep. Uh, Posh Beckham came in and like, same thing, Ferguson was like, yo, I'm not dealing with any, any this kind of media bullshit, you fuck off. And then yeah. they also went to the US, you know, and they had this whole media furore around them. But, but yeah, I just thought, Huh. Okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Actually, we we haven't even touched on the what happened to Pierce Morgan. Uh, the basically the the media uh, uh, a host of the Good Morning Britain mm. show, who you know has very famously like like complained about, about Meghan Markle throughout this whole process and says he he didn't believe a single word she says and mm. and eventually he even walked off set after an argument with uh, one of his co-presenters on his show and uh, that yeah. was his last day of employment uh. the next day he was he was fired or at least like he agreed to leave the the show yeah and and, and yeah. um yeah so a lot of people complained about his behavior as well saying that uh, as it really and they specify is as it relates to to him decrying uh, Megan Markle's uh, comments about mental health, uh, that she was suffering from mental health issues and had no one to go to within the institution. And mm. so she, so he's he is very specifically being fired for, or at least being asked to leave for that reason. La. What do you think of yeah. that? Mm, I think, so... I, uh, like I, from what I read, he's also got had a history of slandering Meghan Markle publicly. Yeah. Actually, it goes um, I think even he further is, back, man. Right? Like, yeah, I don't know if you've seen the timeline of their friendship and all, but 
They they actually started out as friends first, uh, yeah. At some point, then she, she ghosted him or something, right? Yeah, I mean, to to, to a long story short, like was that he was once the host of uh, America's Got Talent, until like mm. I think twenty eleven or something like that. 20, 2006 to twenty eleven, there was a talent show in the US, and so and then mm. he also took over Larry King for a few years on CNN. Uh, also didn't the, the show didn't do very well, so he went back to the UK and became a you know a host on his UK shows like then. Uh, I think Suits was also airing in around 2015 that, that whole period and he was mm. a fan of Suits so he was like you know tweeting that oh you know Suits is, is great and stuff like that la. and then uh, when Meghan Markle came to the UK apparently they met up for drinks like platonic drinks because mm. he's already married and everything platonic drinks eh? and uh, yeah. yeah he said it was fantastic she's brilliant she's beautiful she's smart she's talented blah blah and the next thing was that she started dating uh, Harry on the on the fly uh, on the down low la, you know and um mm. and and at the point, Pierce Morgan apparently was still saying good things about her. He was writing about her in his column and and, and tweeting about her once in a while, tweeting about suits, tweeting about how she sent him like screeners for suits for the upcoming season and stuff like that. So so all seemed okay until um apparently it became public that that she was dating Harry, and then uh, apparently she started she just ghosted him lah. Uh, probably didn't reply his messages, didn't reply his tweets, everything. <laughs> he, he never blew, he, she, yeah. he cannot blue tick. Uh. And, then, uh, <laughs> and then even the, apparently he says that even the, the other actors in Suits were also told to not have contact with him, you know. Um, so so he said that it was like, it was like basically she's a social climber. She moves from one level of, of uh, British society to the next line. And then the moment that she dated Harry, then no, being a friend of Piers Morgan was a bad thing because uh, Piers Morgan is known for his very abrasive opinions about uh, uh, people and things sometimes. And he used to be the editor of a tabloid in the UK as well. Mm. Uh. So I don't mm. know what his relationship with the royal family is. Although he's a very staunch um, uh, supporter uh, of the of the monarchy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so some people are saying that it could be a personal vendetta he has against Meghan Markle for being ghosted. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I think like he's, he's, some of the stuff he's said in the past, I also think is fucking uh, like... I don't agree, like, right? Yeah. Uh, in this case, I think, I mean, certain things he said just made me think a bit. Um, mm. Like that one thing about how, like, okay, by not identifying who asked you that question, you're kind of slandering the whole institution. Mm. But by and large, like, I mean, he was in some way trivializing her mental health and suicidal thoughts and all that. So that's where I felt like, okay, that's, that's one extreme. Like, and he feel, mm. I feel like he was just taking one extreme and disagreeing with her entirely as opposed to disagreeing with some things but also mm. okay, like, pointing out that okay certain things maybe not ideal in this day and age like. yeah 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 correct correct so yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the same way we also feel that you cannot discount everything that Megan Marco says also like, alright about yeah, the monarchy yeah correct yeah yeah but but yeah and if he got fired I don't know he'll find somewhere he's like a he's like a cockroach like, he'll never die like. yeah I mean that's the thing like. I think I think uh Apparently the the ratings for that that episode when he was he walked on stage apparently was uh was for yeah. the first time were the highest and they beat the BBC <laughs> breakfast show, so it's kind of ironic lah. But but yeah, true. It's it's true lah. He will find a job elsewhere, so you don't yeah, need to feel too sorry for him lah. Yeah. No, on that note, the interesting thing is like I think by some surveys that have been done by YouGov and all that, most like generally in the US, people are more sympathetic towards Harry and Meghan. Mm. Uh, while in the UK, more people are sympathetic towards the monarch. Mm. And I think there's a clip of Megan Kelly, the conservative uh, commentator who appeared on Good Morning America and mm. kind of echoed some of Pierce Morgan's sentiments and said that in general, what she has seen is that conservatives tend to side with the monarchy and more liberal folk tend to side with the couple. And I think by and large, there's there's truth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess... In- Singapore as a former colony and everything, uh, maybe we have our own take on it also, lah. Right? Yeah, and and I guess certain things, <laughs> like you know that one question that you know flabbergasted Oprah when uh Meghan Markle said that certain members in the institution or one member asked her about what color the the child will be, lah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know there were a lot of clips of like uh, activists uh, against racism kind of saying that, you know, that is a horrible thing, which to me, I'm like, okay, there might be institutionalized relig- uh, racism in the, in the monarch and all that. But is that one question the best indicator of the extent of the problem? I just felt like, uh, fuck, <laughs> I mean, take it out of context, that question could have come very naturally in a conversation, right? 
I think you're saying that it's a bit of an exaggeration to say that that is entirely racism. Uh. I mean, is that what you're saying? Y- yes, yes. As in, they could have been like, oh, uh, so I mean, th- so those are the kind of things that I think, okay, you can take that one statement and, and portray it as the most horrible thing in the world. Mm. But you have a darker skinned person marrying a, white, a lighter skinned person and having a kid. Yeah. Even physiologically, biologically, that is a, that's a possible question, lah. Because mm. I think just if you if just that is just based on the statement alone, which is what the media, you know, everything is about that one statement. Mm. Um, I feel like then you're kind of assuming that the outcome or how people react to that will be oh, because they are feeling like okay, a darker skin person won't fit in the family, which mm. I feel is a bit of a a bit of a jump. For all we know, maybe the question of the oh, okay, he's darker skin, okay, blah blah blah. Yeah. So, so those kind of things when I see people using their one thing and going on a tirade about how you know the monarch is fucked up and all yeah, that, I'm yeah. like, yo, um, feels like you need more than just that, lah. I yeah. think there was one funny tweet I saw online saying, okay, that one asked, can you imagine like your normal Asian mother-in-law? <laughs> just the questions <laughs> they would ask. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure if if I married a Chinese woman, yeah. someone in the family would be like, hey, then the color of the uh, kid would be what? Which to me, I could be like, okay, that could be racist, but uh-huh. literally. You are taking you go you got light color paint dark color paint. Yeah, I think it's it's a curious question like, Oh, when you mix the paint, what the color will be exactly, like, right? Exactly. And also, so, this, yeah, I mean, it's um, I think like even Pierce Morgan himself, he was interviewed after afterwards. So he says that the, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the conservatives, I mean, he he's a, what 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 he doesn't like is the woke culture like, Cause at mm. heart, you know, they will. They call him a right-wing conservative wife, but at heart, he's a liberal. Uh, he supports gay rights, transgender rights, and all these things. And he, you know, he, he he's very... Like, for example, during the pandemic, he was very, very critical of, like, government, UK government officials, like, what they didn't do to help people during the pandemic, uh, right? Which is not mm. something you typically hear from from right-wing con- commentators and all. So, so yeah. you know, he was apparently celebrated for that. So, um... Uh, he claims at heart he's a liberal and uh, what he doesn't like is the is his right to have an opinion being clamped down on uh. the, the, the mm. moment you say something you are you know then like it, like now he's, you know he's saying that oh he doesn't believe anything Mika Markle says right and then that is mm. being like generalized to like as if he's like you know shitting on mental health and, and everything as well uh, in some ways yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind yeah. of like it works both ways, lah, right? This this whole generalization thing. And yeah. that's where I also feel like hey, wow, uh it's quite harsh lah, that that he that he, you know, lost his job, you know. But at the same time, um it could have been more more than that, because he's also had complaints about bullying and his uh, and his behavior on uh behind the camera and on the camera and stuff like that as well, lah, uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah. maybe this was just a little bit that he needed to push it over the edge, huh? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they got 41,000 complaints apparently. <laughs> yeah, but there's also like counter complaints as in people who s- support him to stay on the show and stuff like that. La. You know? Yeah. But this one... I guess like, it's another example of like even the the, the Good Morning uh, Britain, maybe they... You can imagine like they're also a business, yeah, right? And they yeah. know that this backlash, they would have to let him go. La. So yeah. then... Then, then it becomes a much bigger thing about about what they actually feel versus what they kind of have to do, la. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So, mm, 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 mm. God damn, we talked about that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a very. I mean, everyone's been talking about it for the whole week, la, Right. So I think it's, it was yeah. worth giving it its time or so. But yeah. uh, But that's it. It's on to <laughs> the next topic, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting. I don't. I don't know. There's much to debate or what, but it's just. Something that a it's boat just funny out of blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, what is this about? Uh? Well, I mean, one because was about... I mean, the last topic was about conversation, but now it's about song. Song, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about it? So the first thing came out on March 11, where apparently the the, the Count on Me Singapore song um has had been turned into the Count on Me India. La. Mother India. <laughs> <laughs> Mother India, Count on Me. So apparently it was plagiarized wholesale. La. So... So I think one of the lines is we have a goal for Mother India, we can achieve, we can achieve. Yeah. And all mentions of Singapore were changed to India. Yeah, yeah. So this was was done, I mean, it was just 
uh, it was uploaded sometime between July 2020 and January 2021, which uh, was uploaded on... I guess it, it came out on YouTube, lah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a video of uh, like a, ch- a group of uh, students just singing the song. Mm-hmm. And initially, I the thought... The students okay, in uh, India, lah, right? Yeah, in India, in, in India. In India yeah. Then, yeah, then I was like, okay, lah, I mean, they want to copy, copy. But then I think what, what made it official for me was MCCY, the Ministry of Culture, Communication and Youth, they are investigating a potential copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm like, wow. Uh okay, so now it's there's a team in the government yeah. <laughs> looking into the fact that the song has been like kind of contextualized for India. La, yeah. Which I found is like uh, at least their posts acknowledge that okay, it may be a copy of our song, but sometimes imitation is the best form of flattery. La. Correct, correct. And and I think uh if I'm not wrong, there's a I don't know what is a town or something like that that um is very obsessed with Lee Kuan Yew or something like that, a town in India or something. There was that has like images or statue of Lee Kuan Yew or something like that um, around that, and it's because they really idolize Lee Kuan Yew as a person. Yeah, 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 correct, right? correct. Something yeah. like that. So, in some sense, I thought, oh, okay, I mean, it's a bit like, um, you know, when a song gets really popular, then there are like a million and one one versions or spoofs that people like when Gangnam Style came out. Yeah. Then Dikosh yeah. was making Singapore style, and then like. Gini Boy is doing Malaysia style and, and all this kind of thing. Like, it's like spoofs, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So to me, uh, as long as it's not officially from the Indian government or something like that, yeah. they created a song called Kanabi. <laughs> it's a song cover. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a song a cover, cover. But you just change a lyric <laughs> la, from Singapore to Mother India. La. So yeah. I, I didn't think it was that big a deal, but but the fact that MCCY you know, had to step in to investigate, I was like, whoa, it's like cause tensions. <laughs> I mean, there's 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 backlash like, as you would expect. I think certain comments highlighted by uh, mothership was like pure blasphemy, yeah, and it shows what India can really be blatant copy. <laughs> I'm like, yo, what the fuck? There's <laughs> yeah. a bunch of kids. Yeah. It's not by the Indian government. Yeah, and like, yeah, I mean, in some way they are. Yeah lah, fuck. Maybe at the start they said, you know, like this is a cover of. You know, maybe yeah, they didn't yeah. record that part. Yeah, but at the end of the day, because like, because um. If you are, let's say you're like a teacher or someone in India, right? Like, uh, and you are coming up with, you have to come up with like stuff for your kids to, to sing. And then you see Singaporeans on National Day singing this song. And it's a very meaningful song about the country and all that, lah, right? Um, yeah. And the, the lines are generic enough to apply to, to any, to any like uh, country that went. Developing country. Yeah, yeah. Developing country. So if you see that and you don't, and you like the lyrics and, and you. Yeah, you just change one thing to to India. I think generally that will be okay, la. I guess the part where they went wrong is they never yeah la, they never attribute or say that it's actually by who in Singapore, la, right? Uh, yeah. In that sense, that in that sense, I I think that's disrespectful to artists. It's copyright infringement and all that. But if you say that it's it's you know it's originally written by him, and then and then you if you claim to be the original writer of it, then I think that's like pure plagiarism, lah. Mm, yeah, exactly. And I mean, if they're making money and holding concerts yeah, yeah. <laughs> in India by, by doing it, so then I feel like, but it's really, you look at the video, it's a bunch of kids in like yeah. primary school. <laughs> and the video, when we talk about videos, they're shot on the phone. It's not like there's a camera on the crane or anything like that, right? Yeah. Like, so, thank God it's not high resolution, so you can't make out the identity of the students. Yeah. Because I can imagine like like the Singapore Reddit or whatever, not, not Reddit, like Hardware Zone and all that, just going to town on these kids, like. Yeah, and it's actually uh, it's a, it's a compliment lah to how enduring and and how universal the themes in the song are and all that lah, right? Yeah, because uh, it is a, one of the more uh, every time I think of "Call Me Singapore," it's a very uh, it, it always starts with the "We had a vision for tomorrow." It really talks about like the immigrant's dream lah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, was it the song that we made a parody of Donald Trump for? No, it's not. It's oh, not Noah. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump was We Are Singapore. Oh, We Are Singapore. This is Count On Me Singapore. Yeah, this is Count On Me Singapore. So, so I think it in, was in sh- India, they, 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 apparently they call the song We Can Achieve. La. They, don't, they, don't, oh, fo- so they don't call it Count On Me Singapore. <laughs> they changed yeah. the title. <laughs> we Can Achieve. Because it's, it's I think for kids, it's, very, it's a very nice song to sing, la, right? It's easy to sing along yeah. to and everything. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, MCCY cut the cut the the teachers and the kids a bit of slack, uh, but 
just make sure they credit uh, Chester. What was the name of the writer? Chester something, right? Clement Clement Chow, is it? Mm. Uh, he wrote the song. Clement Chow, correct? Yeah, 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 correct, correct. Yeah, so credit him. Clement Chow. I just feel like, I mean, the, I would love to talk to the people at MCCY who just cannot his assignment. You know, like an email from their <laughs> boss on Thursday, or like, yeah. okay, can you go investigate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what the fuck, yeah? I guess they could go to YouTube and claim copyright infringement, right? But the YouTube for covers is okay, right? Uh, no, I think you can still, you can still, uh, you can still make a case, lah. And then after that, you can say that all revenue that from this video will go to the original creator or something like that, lah. You can still, you can still do it, lah. Huh? Mm, if I'm not wrong, lah. Even for covers, that's why covers are very. It's still generally, uh, YouTube. You know, they they had to come up with policies and all that specifically for covers to address this issue. La. And, and that, that was one of the results, which is allowing the revenue generated to go to the original creator. La. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, I see, I see. Uh, yeah, la, I mean, it, I guess, it'd be, in, but, and it'd be interesting like one day we go to India and then you suddenly hear this song playing the airwaves or something like that. Yeah. Count on me, Mother India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. For me, it'd be especially relevant. Uh. Uh, at least you can sing along together with them, right? You also can, right? Oh, yeah, like, like, we all can. Quite... Yeah, we all can. <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, that is our Ooh. goofy topic. So and what now, is your one shock thing yeah. uh, of the last few my, days? My one shock thing of the last few days is because, I mean, I think the last few days, yeah, I was I was editing that, that uh, audio pilot that, that we are working on, which hopefully we can announce the launch date soon. But when I needed some sort of breather, right, one thing that, I've always come back to for creative inspiration, right? Is this one video called The Search for Meaning uh, by where they... It's a short three-minute video with the in with the creator of Rick and Morty, la, Dan Harmon. Mm. So if anyone has watched Rick and Morty, you know that the, it's an animated cartoon uh, by Adult Swim and it's fucking amazing. La. And for an animated show, it goes into very deep and dark places about human existence, existentialism, what the meaning of life is. And... Dan Harmon, yeah, he's had his fair share of Me Too allegations, mm, but yeah. uh, he's a he's a genius creator. Uh, and he, this video just talks about how he explores these sort of themes in the show. Uh, mm. And it's just so fucking great. And the soundtrack is so good. And that video always gives me a bit, a boost of inspiration. Uh. Mm. Was it, was it Have it you titled? seen the video? No. The but Search for Meaning. The, the Search, search for, for Meaning. meaning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With the music and with Dan Harmon talking and with the clips of Rick and Morty, wow, fuck! It just it just blows my mind each and every time. You haven't seen it, is it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Well, it's like my go-to man. I have it bookmarked, and like whenever I feel like, oh shit, I need a I need a creative recharge. Yeah. Boom! This video just gives me that boost I need. Yeah, cool, cool, it's super dope. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of inspiring things, also, I think uh, mm. the there was a clip that was uploaded like uh. Just a, f- a few days ago, that it was I think on six March, uh, it was a clip. Uh, basically, the the this is going this is for all the nineties kids uh, who enjoy nineties pop, you know. Um, mm. Gary Barlow, the lead singer, of take that the one of the original boy bands from the UK. Uh, throughout the pandemic, he was doing this thing called the Crooner Sessions, where basically he Zoom calls another uh, you know another singer, a UK superstar. Mm. You know, singer from the eighties or nineties or even even the two thousands, uh, even recent singers, and mm. does a duet with them over Zoom la. and they do what mm. we're doing right now, which is we are talking to each other over WhatsApp, right? But yeah. at the same time, we are recording our audio uh, separately in, using nice microphones. Uh. Yeah. So that's what he does with all these all these singers. So, uh, the Crooner sessions it started like about a year ago, and uh, since then he's got on some really big names. Uh, like he's got. Sting, he's got, uh, he managed to get Robbie Williams. He got the rest of Take That, obviously. He got, uh, uh Leona Lewis. He got the members of Step. He got a certain Shit, member yeah. of S Club Seven also called Rachel Stevens. Oh also. fuck, really? Yeah. Uh, and oh then, my god. Uh, and then yeah, a lot of big names are Rod Stewart. So a lot of these big names, even Rick Astley. So all these, uh, big names from seventies, eighties, nineties, uh, pop music lah. And he mm-hmm. does these duets with them. And then sometimes it's just, they're, they're songs that you, you classics and all that. Like they're not, they're, that doesn't necessarily from the artist himself. So, 
but but I think the, my absolute favorite that has come out in the last year, uh, and just came out about a week ago was uh, he did a duet with Darren Hayes. Does that ring any bells? Mm. No. You have you heard of this band called Savage Garden? Oh shit! Yeah, so he did. Yes, I have. He did a duet with the lead singer of Savage Garden, who for one of the songs, one of his original songs, like, I knew I loved you. Uh, oh shit! And so there's like, a huge '90s, 2000s song, like, a big hit back then. But Darren Hayes was like a bit of a. I think after he his band broke up and all, he, he had a, a short solo career, and this was one of the big hits of his solo career, like. And mm. uh, yeah, just for them to they they did this as a duet for the first time, and it was fucking awesome because yeah it's, it's amazing hearing these old I mean not old but these these ex uh, pop stars and everything in the 40s and 50s still still having amazing voices and, and still like you know creating and singing from there even and though they're like 80 down. plus sessions uh. yeah yeah so it's a whole series called the crooner sessions uh. yeah and oh, Ra- shit, that's so Ra- cool yeah Rachel Stevens is there you know steps I know all these, uh, and she looks as gorgeous as always <laughs> I know that was I know that was the one thing you you, you zone focus on uh, you know. Yeah, fuck the Darren yeah. Hayes thing, right? Right now I have in front of me uh Sweet Dreams, my LA uh ex yeah, yeah. featuring Rachel Stevens. Yeah, correct. So I mean, uh yeah, that that in particular I, I thought that I knew I loved you was was really like wow, a major fantastic throwback la, for nineties kids. And then maybe you'll find a song there that you like also and or someone that you used to listen to. In there as oh, well. that is crazy, man! Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. It's so it's cool, because uh, it's like it also makes me feel like, oh, you know, like even these celebrities and, and musicians, all that they're also dealing with, you know, what COVID has has brought onto it onto us, and but then they're, they're not quitting, lah. They're just saying, okay, let's let's do it a different way, lah. And they're not making a shitty video encouraging people to be okay with lockdown as they sing from their mansions, <laughs> yeah. They are just yeah. they're just singing songs, lah. Just singing songs, which they're known for, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that and is so cool. I think. He just finished the whole se- the the whole sessions the whole thing as in he he's done it as like two so called seasons la. so he's done yeah. for the year uh, with uh, Elton John la. he did your song mm. with Elton John so that's mm. another big classic that's worth listening to so yeah go check out the Crooner sessions by Gary Barlow on Facebook sweet, or YouTube sweet man sweet yes so so I mean I know we've come to the end of our episode but there was one interesting comment from our Yalabad Reddit recently I think Yalabad mm. Reddit or Instagram DM mm. um, someone talked about whether or not we can have a, <laughs> a proper outro uh, <sighs> to the to the episode and I mean for the longest time Terrence and I have always been like we don't want this to be a typical radio show where you know, we have it feels overproduced and all that which is why when we have a sponsored uh, a pre-roll ad we put it at the start before the music but then his point or his or her point was the first time I was like hey actually maybe there's a purpose to it um, the comment was basically that they they can't tell when a podcast ends and then the next one starts you know when they have autoplay <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah actually that's a good thing so maybe instead of a music right uh, we just have to say okay this podcast is ending now <laughs> Okay, it's ending now. Stop. Press stop. 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 Okay. <laughs> because it's going to carry on to the next one. And if you don't stop now, you're not going to know the difference between this podcast and the next. So if you're listening, stop now. Actually, no, not don't say stop. But, but why, say stop. This, that'd this be episode great. is ending now. But yeah. it's great for our numbers, right? People just keep just keep letting it play on and on. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, we also it's want them to be cognizant. Oh, we want them to be okay, cognizant yeah, yeah, that yeah. this podcast is ending now. Correct. We're going to move on to the next podcast. So <laughs> you can take a breather. You can run to the bathroom. Yeah. We will let this go on for like five seconds of silence. Yeah. But it is ending now. Like now now or cool. now? Now. Okay, now. Oh. Now and one, two. Now. Now. <laughs> <laughs>